Big China Tune 7, 7, 7, 11. This was uh, Nightmare of an Album. The Nightmare Rides On. It's, 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 I think this album is called uh, Chad Kroger Plus. <laughs> now with extra Chad. Yeah, it's uh, um, Chad Kroger has the uh, dubious honor of being the only artist to feature twice on the same Big Shiny Tunes. Yep. Um, and uh, we are not better off for it. There's This is a real, real low point. Yep. <laughs> uh, with a lot of these songs there's a couple like there's there's one song on this album that is like really cool and different and a fun new angle but otherwise ooh, uh get get ready for a lot of negative takes people i'm here with jordan robson kramer i am chris betts we are the co-hosts of the big shiny podcast welcome to the podcast we just hate this album so much that we we couldn't stop ourselves sometimes we <laughs> hate so much we actually forget to introduce ourselves because it's like existence becomes irrelevant on some level when you sit through 18 songs 100 but thank you so much for tuning in it's a joy to have you here <laughs> thanks thanks to any new listeners we've had uh we we don't really have much analytics at our disposal but our crystal ball does tell us uh you enjoyed number six at least compared to five which is really weird because six is dark <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you uh thank you so much for tuning in um i think we got a we got a shout out from uh from jeremy on his on his podcast the taggart and torrance podcast oh, cool. which uh, i think brought some people over so thank you as always to jeremy taggart what a uh, excellent uh podcast guest friend of the show and um supporting us on his own which a is very, very a very gracious gesture considering all the terrible things we said about life yeah absolutely uh definitely check out uh the taggart and torrens podcast it's jeremy taggart and jonathan torrens who you will know from either uh ytv or uh trailer park boys or jonavision jonavision was or jonavision how could you forget (laughs) jonavision i mean as soon as he said it i was ashamed of myself (laughs) so what Um, do we uh what do we got to look forward to on number seven here so big shine two seven we have uh there's some nickelback there's some pod um uh, there's matt good makes another appearance um so we talk we talk about him and we we sort of address uh the allegations but not not too in-depth it's sort of more in terms of um what it's like to listen to him now yeah that um and how we interpret the songs now that a bunch of allegations are out about him which is why we chose to uh leave him in this is the first one that we've recorded with him since those have come out and we decided uh that we would talk about it because I think it's interesting. It's an interesting lens to see things through, um, especially something from 19 years ago. The art that shitty people make. Yay. I mean, oh. No. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't, <laughs> spoiler, we don't like that song. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> um, there's also, uh, so at the end of Big Shiny Tune 6, you may remember, uh, Jordan mentioned that he has an, uh, I don't want to say ongoing, but a leftover Mm. um uh feud feels like a strong word but maybe feud is the right word or in this case maybe just one person yelling at somebody over the internet <laughs> and and in book form and in book form um, too all, all media uh, all mediums all media yeah cross media and recently facebook uh <laughs> <laughs> actually is uh <laughs> um is uh danko jones so um we try to reach out to Danko in this episode uh, mm-hmm. because uh, him and Jordan had an altercation um, uh, years and years and years ago. So so which, long um, ago, like 2005, 16 years, just wanted to see yeah. if uh, we could reach out and maybe just kind of talk about it through a lens of sort of humor and growth. 
that the situation is. <laughs> we we reach we reached out to him. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you quite how it goes. I will tell you that we um we don't necessarily get closure. No. Uh, but it's an interesting thing. We we tweeted we tweeted to Danko to try to get a hold of him um, because there's no um, there's no direct messaging to his account, and he screenshotted our tweet, uh, blanked out our names, and tweeted about us. Uh, so we think that he doesn't like us, but hopefully this episode will change that because honestly, we're just reaching out an olive branch. I know Jordan. Um, I mean, I don't like to speak for you, but but you don't you don't want there to be any bad blood between you and Danko, do you? No, no. I mean, I think what's sort of funny too is that 15 years uh, has gone by, and uh, the, the situation just seems ridiculous to me. Um, especially even just like what a brat I was in my early 20s. Um, I definitely would like to uh, apologize to him, but um, I'm not sure how that'll go. Yeah, so far he doesn't seem like he wants to hear that apology, but we're hoping that maybe he'll listen to this episode or maybe someone near him will. Um, and, uh, and he'll understand. We'd love to have him on the podcast. Unironically, I can occasionally sound sarcastic when I speak. I absolutely mean that we would love to have Danko on the podcast and to talk to him, um, partly about this, but also partly about just what it is to be a touring musician in Canada. And then, um, uh, he's worked with a bunch of great bands, but yeah. So, so that is on there. Um, I, I, I think it was uh, it, it was a pretty cool pretty cool thing. So we're gonna go on now. We're gonna get to Big Shiny Tune Seven. If you're listening, please uh, remember to rate and review. Some of you have done that. We really appreciate it. If you can give us five stars and a nice glowing review on whatever you're listening to, especially Apple Music um, or Apple Podcasts, that would be great because that helps us get to a bunch more listeners. Uh, we also we have a Patreon yep. account, Patreon.com/slash Big Shiny Podcast, where you can hear the unabridged interviews that we've done with uh, Mark Teo and uh, Jeremy Taggart, who is the drummer for Our Lady Peace. And we've got some other interviews coming up as well. So if you want to get that, get involved. Uh, there's also some other benefits to being a patron that I won't get into right now because I feel like we've taken up enough of your time. Jordan, are you ready to get to Big Shiny Tune 7? I'm ready to revisit this year and revisit uh, the years that came after it with one of the artists that appeared on it. Yep. All right. 2002, time travel machine. Go! Zoom! So the year is 2002. Yeah. Big Shiny Tune 7 has come out right at the end of the year just to place you back in that magical time yeah. that was actually kind of horrific. Totally. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers came out. Yep. So it was the second in the uh, trilogy. Also, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones came out, which is also the second in a trilogy, which should tell you something about the year. It was an in-between between a world pre- uh, <laughs> Burning Everything yeah, and Post. Uh, and the first Spider-Man movie came out, the Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man film. I hope there's a song on this compilation that somehow brings Spider-Man into the equation. Hmm, could there be? I wonder. I was so excited about that Spider-Man film. I came out <laughs> shaking, shaking. I was so excited. I, um, I had no interest in any of those films, but I uh, do recommend our listeners check out the Jar Jar Binks conspiracy. Uh, so great that yeah. he's a Sith. Yeah, that, that he uses mind yeah. control. Yeah, <laughs> Halle Berry became the first Black actress to win an Academy Award for Best Actress. Uh, 
Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears broke up. What a shame. Uh, every teenage boy will remember the moment that Christina Aguilera released the dirty music video. That was a seminal point in all of our lives. Yeah. Because that was as close to porn as we had at the time. Was it? Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, aside from showcase, like things that were shown in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Michael Jackson held his baby over a balcony. He was just trying to show the public, you know, spread the love with the public. I mean, was he? <laughs> uh, Clone High premiered. If you're not a fan of Clone High, get on it. Uh, that's all the entertainment stuff. What else do we have? It was the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. Okay. Uh, the Trial of Slobodan Milosevic was on, which my wife watched from the steps because uh, she she grew up in The Hague. How, how did that pan out again? Did, did did he get acquitted? What happened there? I think he got, he got a stern high five. Okay. <laughs> Don't do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> that's enough killing. Hey, but you're all right. High five. Uh, Queen Mother died. Oh. Um, uh, the Seoul uh, South Korea World Cup took place, uh, which was won by Brazil, if you are a FIFA fan. Yeah. I like sports where the corruption's right on the front of it. I just like to know that everyone's cheating and lying. That's what <laughs> I like. I like FIFA, and I like when Lance Armstrong won all those things. I just like to know. I, I, like, I like this voice. I want to hang out with this guy more. He's a good guy. He just likes people that are up front and they don't mess around. They say, hey, listen, I'm cheating and I'm stealing your money. And I say, thank you very much for telling me. I'll be on my way. He's a little bit pervier now, somehow, in my head. Well, you know, it's, uh, people that like corruption are often a little bit corrupted themselves. <laughs> Can I ask this guy a question? Where, where does he stand on uh, if the Middle East has weapons of mass destruction? As long as they tell us about it, I don't give a shit. You know, just stop making me guess what's all this yellow cake nonsense. <laughs> just let me know. Just be like, hey, we got the boom boom. And I go, oh, no, not the boom boom. Oh, man, you, Colin Powell uh, should have stepped down and let this guy take charge. I'm just saying, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> uh, Homeland Security Act was signed. Uh, there were a bunch of terrorist attacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Quote, unquote. Um, Basically, it's like, if you remember them not quite going to war with uh, Iraq, but definitely about to go to war with Iraq, mm -hmm. that's 2002, baby. Yep. Um, so what about, where were you? Tell me tell me about your 2002 time. This is December 2002. It's about to be 2003. Yeah. Where the hell is Jordan? Last year of high school, graduated in the summer of 2002. I think this was the year I fully became a music snob. Like, my taste could not be further removed from what's on this. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that attitude transcended towards just any participation with the mainstream. I, I remember actually at prom, me and my two friends uh, left halfway through to go hang out with um, this girl who uh, was dating like a 45 year old cab driver. <laughs> and, Weird. and we just like slowly got drunk uh, in this apartment and talked about how shitty, uh, the people we used to know, know in high school were so you used to know you'd already cut them out that's a wrap <laughs> you could have felt the uh eye rolling from hundreds of feet away at, at our graduation ceremony because like they that the song that year that they chose was um i think it's called three little blackbirds by bob marley you know the one that's like don't oh worry. three little birds three little yeah. birds yeah. yeah and i was like this is like the worst um song to choose ever <laughs> you didn't have a, a graduation song by Vitamin C? No, I, I, I would have preferred that. But um, yeah, so generally, uh, 2002 Jordan had a hate for 
uh, most of the mainstream. He was playing shows um, in bars, which was kind of weird because they would actually make me like wait in the next room oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I played like my first show out of the province in Anacortes, Washington, got uh, drunk off Zima, if you remember Zima, which I feel is a very 2002 alcohol. Zima? I didn't even know Zima had booze in it. Well, yeah, it's Z- Zima is basically like if 7-Up was alcoholic. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. The precursor to Mike's Hard. Yeah, there were definitely some good moments, but I, I think I generally had a big hate on for everything because I uh, was frankly miserable at this time and um you know unrequited love all those things that can happen uh, that'll do it so i was already trying to plot my escape but i i uh i still hadn't figured it out yet so but uh this is so this was your f- uh first year out of high school right like you were already you'd graduated the year before sort of yeah so it was um uh, i graduated in the sum- same summer as you summer 2002 that meant that i was six months out of school when this came in yeah I had a great 2002. We couldn't have had more different 2002s. Uh, I was I was flying high. I had such a good time. I mean, I had I got my first real heartbreak, which I talked about in the last episode, so I won't yep. get into it. But basically, the last few months of high school were very fun because I didn't give a shit about anything, and I just hung out with my friends. It was a blast. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, uh, I moved to France. Why did you want to go to France? My parents sat me down sort of halfway through senior year, and they said, listen, this is these are your options for when you graduate. You can either work you can study or you can travel because you're not doing nothing. That seems like a no-brainer, really. Obviously, yeah, for, for me, it was clearly travel. I mean, I understand some people, like some of my friends had, um, when I talked to them, they were like, traveling sounds nice, but uh. Or yeah, if, if you're like the kind of person who wants to become an astronaut, you're like, well, I better uh, apply right away. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah, some of, the, some of my more driven friends went straight to school and I respect the hell out of them for it, but oof, did I have a better time. <laughs> so um, where, where in France did you land? Five five days after I graduated, I, I moved to Nice. Okay. Um, and I, li- I lived in Nice for a few weeks with some friends of the family just to, like, land on my feet. And then um, I couldn't find a job, and I didn't want to stay with them anymore. I wanted to get out and, and be alone in Europe. And so I, uh, I was really into surfing as an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was reading surfing magazines, and literally I was sitting at a cafe, and a poster for a longboarding competition in Biarritz fell out of the magazine. <laughs> And I picked it up. I was like, where's Biarritz? And I, look, I looked it up on a map. It didn't have smartphones. Had to find a real map. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, I can do that. And so I hopped on a train that night. I got an overnight train to Biarritz. Uh, ended up getting a job as a janitor at a hostel. Surfed every day. Uh, cleaned up the the campground, which was a piece of piss. It was just picking up litter. Yeah. Um, and hung out with a bunch of really cool people. And then I moved to Cork in the south of Ireland from there after I, I lived there for the summer. Did you feel like you were trying to get away too from anything that, uh, like you, you said, you had been heartbroken? Do you think that played a part too? And why? Well, I, I just, I just wanted to start my life. Yeah, that was it. I'd made the decision to go before my heart was broken, mm. and she asked if she could come with me, and I said no. And uh, and my my mom very wisely a few years later pointed out the timing of everything that happened after that. Yeah, <laughs> and and I was like, oh yeah, nope, cool. That makes a lot more sense. And so I just ran and just did, did whatever I could find. And I loved every minute of it. I had so much fun. Um, and so by, by the time this album came out, mm-hmm. I was working in the stockroom of an HMV being introduced to a bunch of great music over there and cool comedians. It was where I first heard Bill Hicks and Billy Connolly and, uh, uh, a bunch of other stuff that I fell in love with. So like this, this compilation for me is a really strange one where there are half of the songs that came out in the first half of the year. Yeah. 
And so those are the ones I was in high school for. And so I have a relationship with those. And then the ones that came out after that, I've never heard before in my life. <laughs> right. Um, actually, yeah. I mean, as, as we go through this compilation, I think it's really going to come, uh, become clearer how little respect you would have had for me. Every now and then I smell wet garbage and it reminds me of that job and I feel good. <laughs> Should we get onto the top tens of 2002? Let's do it. Let's, let's see. So, uh, number one, you definitely hated how you remind me by Nickelback. Where, where are we here? This is America. We're in the States. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. This is the States. So number one, Canadian band done good. How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Number two, uh, Dilemma by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. Famously in the music video, she tries to text him with an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. Foolish by Ashanti. Uh, one of my favorites that after me a, a New York Times article from around that time and that said it was when Beyonce went solo as well. It said Beyonce's great, but she's no Ashanti. Whoops. <laughs> like that. Ooh, that hasn't aged you well. Jinx that, yeah. <laughs> um, you Got It Bad by Usher, which was a jam. You got it, you got it back. Got it back. Yeah. Such a jam. Uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. Omnipresent song. I can't believe that wasn't number one. That that song was fucking everywhere. Most motivational song ever written. Oh, yeah. The Vomit on His Sweater Already, Mom Spaghetti? Come on now. Um, Hot and Her by Nelly. Nelly. Two in the top ten by Nelly. What a strange time to be alive. Yeah. Um, Ain't It Funny by Jennifer Lopez. A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. Unlikely Enter. Uh, in the end, by Lincoln Park, off of Hybrid Theory, and uh, wherever you will go, by The Calling. Huh? I'm surprised um, Christina Aguilera wasn't on that one. Yeah, that's a very strange top ten. Very strange. Like that 2002, uh, that Nelly song and Christina Aguilera, they both allude to it being very hot in a room. So you need to take all your clothes off. <laughs> you got to do it. Sometimes, yeah. you know, it's what are you going to do? Put on more clothes? Mm -hmm. No, there's only one option. Her. Show everyone your birthday suit. <laughs> Canada, as as expected, a lot whiter. Mm -hmm. um, and my guess is uh, uh, no R&B or hip hop to speak of. One. Okay. There's one that made it. For all of February, My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. Uh, for most of March, Hands Clean by Alanis Morissette. Um, Moving On by the Boomtang Boys, dominated April. Hero by Chad Kroger, Hot and Her by Nelly, A Little Less Conversation, Elvis Presley versus JXL. Do you remember that, yeah. that remix? Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous, that song. That that was huge. That was number one for three months. Yep. Um, a Moment Like This by Kelly Clarkson, Electrical Storm by U2, and Die Another Day by Madonna. So we'll say those are the big songs. Wow. Either way, much wider. Um, so yeah, so that, that sort of places where the world was at, but not where much music was at. Definitely not. Okay, so notable omissions time. All right. Jordan, what songs are you shocked didn't make this compilation? So I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit diplomatic and, um, you know, still approach Big Shiny Tunes as if they have uh, a slight modicum of taste, uh, which is getting increasingly harder to do. Um, but that said, I feel like they could have thrown a uh, any song off Yoshimi Battles the... Uh, yeah. robots, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call Yoshimi it Yoshimi. Battles of Pink Robots yeah. by the Flaming Lips. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had that on mine too. I, I don't know if like Interpol was like he, big enough in Canada, but any any of the hits off uh, Turn On the Bright Lights, mm -hmm. even anything off that Wilco album too, um, mm, yeah, could have could have made the cut, but um, it didn't. So yeah, I, I I can't say I'm really surprised, but it um, it would have definitely made listening to this compilation perhaps slightly less taxing 
I basically have a replacement album. <laughs> Great. Queens of the Stone Age, Go With the Flow. Okay. Uh, the Strokes, Someday. Yeah. Uh, Is This It came out in 2001, but Someday came out in 2002. Yep. Uh, All My Life by the Foo Fighters. Yep. Uh, Fell in Love with a Girl by the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. How are any of these songs not on there? Yeah. That is insane to me. That's got to be a record label thing. And then there was, um, like, you know how this this album seems to have sort of like three styles where it's like Chad Kroger and Chad Kroger-esque bands, and then there's Blink-182 knockoffs, and then there's uh, sort of like a couple in-betweens with your uh-huh. Matt Good and your Sam Roberts. What they could have done is they could have replaced any of those with the... Um, so you know how the Vines have a song on here? Yeah. If the Vines are on there, then the Libertines should be on there with something from Up the Bracket. Uh, the Hives should definitely be on there with Hate to Say I Told You So. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Datsuns as well. All these bands sort of live close enough in the same realm that they could have replaced um, either the Nickelback camp or the pop punk camp on this. Those are the ones that I think could have made the album yeah. and absolutely deserved a spot. But then I've got another one which is like the album that I wish Big Shiny Tunes had become, uh-huh. which has uh, something off of Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots uh, by The Flaming Lips, which is still just an unbelievable album. Um, I don't like it as much as The Soft Bulletin, but I've been informed by a lot of people that I'm wrong. No, 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 no. Uh, w- one of my friends uh, who's like 10 years older than me, um, he's like, I'm not into anything uh, uh, Soft Bulletin onward. I only like uh, early Flaming Lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a, uh, uh, it's, uh, it just speaks to you. I've got, uh, and you will notice by the trail of the dead, oh, yeah. something by them, yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. Um, and then there were two hip hop things that I think could have absolutely made the cut. And I know that hip hop doesn't make it on here, but I feel it's important to mention it every time. I mean, lose yourself by Eminem absolutely could have made it on Yeah. or something off of the Eminem show. Okay. Because that album was fucking unbelievable. Uh, and something by The Streets, Original Pirate Material, which is still one of my favorite hip-hop albums. Yeah. Um, and is not like, it's its own thing. It's sort of an alt-hip-hop album in its own way uh, because of its specific London sound. So that would have fit as well. So that's like that's where I wish the the initial ethos that, that led to number one being sort of off the wall, if they'd continued in that vein, those are the songs that I see happening on there. I don't think that uh, uh, we've made it unclear how we feel about most of this album but just for the record before we get into the one songs you want to give a quick overview of how it made you feel other than depressed for a week at the idea of listening to it i think this compilation really feels like a um uh like they're getting their kind of demographics more keyed in and really sequestered through it like here's one chunk of this stuff and then here's a chunk of this and this the biggest chunk on this uh, and, and i don't we'll, we'll get into this as we talk about the songs but um it's pretty bleak because it's a certain, I, it almost just feels like a variation of the same man. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that man is very rich now. Yes. Um, and this was the year that hit, this was the year that man got hit was two thousand or got rich was a uh, uh, 2002. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. So I was conflicted about this album because when I looked at the track title or at the track listing, I was uh, furious. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, why are we doing this? What was I thinking? Yep. This is insane. But then when I started listening to it, I had that thing that I talked about earlier where the f- any song that was released in the first half of 2002, mm-hmm. pretty much all of these, uh, I was like, I was down with. I loved in high school. And so as much as I didn't like them as songs, I was singing along to them. I was tapping my foot. I was having great memories because this was such a fun year for me. I'm so scared to find out what those ones are. 
None of them are good. None of them are good. But it was, it, I can't, um, I can't hate them simply because of the feeling that it gave me for that. And, yeah. uh, and so it, it, I ended up enjoying this album a lot more than I thought I would. Though, to be fair, I didn't think that I would enjoy a second of it, except for I knew I'd like Brother Down by Sam Roberts. But uh, we'll get to but that. But other than that, yeah. I was just like, I thought it was going to be a nightmare. And I got to say, I had a blast. All right. So the first song on Big Shiny Tune 7 is Nickelback, Too Bad. And I think it's a appropriate first song given it really does feel like this compilation was just marketed to men, right? Like there's. Oh, yeah. And a specific kind of man, but we'll, we'll get into that. But um, well, I think alt rock in general was appealing to that guy. T- take take me into your head, Chris. When uh, you uh, sat down with Nickelback, were were you a fan? Were you a? Uh, I loved Nickelback for a period um, during this period specifically. Okay, I loved the album uh, uh, Silver Side Up. I didn't own, yeah. but I knew the words to a lot of the songs. Like I knew most of the words to this song too bad. Okay. Um, and as soon as it hit, I got that feeling of like, Oh shit, good memories. And so what the fuck I couldn't hate it. What, it was an, an immediate, like, Oh man, I had so many good times with this song. So it, it has nothing to do with the actual song itself. No. It's, it's really just linked to memory. It's interesting. Cause I, I think this song is, uh, and most of the songs on this compilation are straight up garbage. <laughs> like just... You know that thing that um, Jeremy said back when we interviewed him, uh, Jeremy Taggart, that is, where uh, he said that Chad Kroger has a formula for his songs. Yeah, I've, I was thinking about that a lot, uh, specifically throughout the whole compilation. But yes, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I was listening to it and I was thinking about how absolutely correct that is and how other bands use that same formula, specifically uh, Theory of a Dead Man and Default. I used to hate him for that. After I came out of being a fan, I had like the visceral, like new atheist, former Christian hate of Nickelback, um, where like I couldn't even, I couldn't even listen to them. Oh, they're so bad. Um, and now I'm kind of impressed by how successful his formula was. As like a songwriter and as somebody who um, can at least like, you know, appreciate the, how music works. It's like, it's still a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just in the way that, um, you know, like a Big Mac is still food. So that's it. This is McDonald's. It's yes. not good for you. But uh, how many good memories have you had in McDonald's? <laughs> Actually, my girlfriend and I ate at McDonald's this morning. And it was the nicest memory I've had in a while. So There you go. That's it. That's that's what this is for me. Is like, I know it's not good for me, but that's not the point. It's uh, We had some good ass times to, these, to this song and others like it. I mean, I feel like part of the formula... That maybe wasn't his idea, but someone brought into Nickelback, whether it's like a producer, an agent or someone like that, is that they they're like, basically, your biggest fans own trucks. Yeah. So you will associate yourself with the truck part of Canada. When was the last time you saw Nickelback do anything in Toronto? Yeah. Or Montreal? Like they're not. I mean, they play shows there. They have fans there, but that's not their marketing. That's not that's not their brand. In my opinion, like a a true artist um, if, if somebody approached him, uh, with that statistic, uh, mm. they would be like, don't tell me how to fucking write a song. But I feel like Chad Crow is the kind of guy who's like, oh yeah, totally. Well, let's write more songs like that. Let's just, and, and yeah, he's yeah. Clo- He's like, he's closer to Gene Simmons than, than an artist Yeah, where he just goes, I understand what I'm going to sell and how to sell it. And I'm going to make a shit ton of money. That's how I say, I see him as a, he's, he's a businessman who, could play guitar. Yeah. 
you know he yeah. could have sold anything but he just happened to have a have a knack for this and be in the right moment for it that's all which again it's a feat i'm not i would never call him an artist there's nothing sunny like like a lend steal my sunshine good vibe to this song but the fact that it elicits such good vibes uh to you is fascinating to me fascinating yeah well it's it's just it's like it's it's the wet garbage smell <laughs> yes half of this album is wet garbage smell joy yeah <laughs> so how about how about track two or do you have more on, on that no song? no let's let's move on okay so pod youth of the nation i'm very happy to announce that this is not a wet garbage smell song <laughs> Yeah, uh, again, it's like this This song has a formula, too, which um, kind of feels like Christian in a weird way. I think they might have even been a Yeah, P.O.D. is a Christian, Christian band. band. But um, yeah. uh, also, funny side note, <laughs> that I, um, I, I think the Chapo guys talked about this at some point, but um, this song uh, spiked in um, listening uh, in the last like couple years because uh, I forget the name. It's like some SoundCloud rapper. Uh, became a total like QAnon conspiracist and oh. used this as the theme song for his videos about saving the children from <laughs> Pizzagate. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah, I honestly, my first thought when I was when I was listening to it was, um, it's like it's like they listened to "I Can" by Nas and thought, oh, like that, but bad. Right. <laughs> but then I realized I, I looked it up and, and I can actually came out in 2003. So I think what Nas did was he listened to that and he went, oh, we need to fix this. We can't, we can't have kids growing up singing along to this. So no. I'm going to give them some hope. Um, the, but uh, one thing that I've that that I will give to this and, and not in a quality way, but just in a, in a lesson way. Yeah. Is it is a symbol of the power of a chorus. Right. If you write a hook that yeah. sticks with people. We are, we are the youth of the nation. We yeah. are, we are. That, I remember that 100%. I didn't remember another second of this song. And I haven't heard it since, since like, I was in high school. So, if nothing else, like, if, if anyone that wants to make music is listening to this, take a look at that. Because it's insane how bad this song is. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that chorus, no one would have gotten it. I thought, as I was listening to this, that, uh, I don't know why, but I was like, hey... What if Weird Al had done a uh, parody version of the song? What would it be about? And uh, um, if you just bear with me uh, for a moment, I'll, I'll show you what that would sound like. I can't wait. <laughs> P.O.D. Youth of a Nation would sound like if um, Weird Al. Here's Weird Al's cover, basically, of P.O.D. Youth of a Nation. Okay. I'm the tin man, here's my oil can, like the coin says, in God we rust, tell Toto how much I cared, thank Dorothy for the can of oil she shared, representing the lollipop guild, and my wicked witches of the poppy fields, some people call him Santa Claus, but to me he's my dad, the wizard of Oz, props to the scarecrows and all my lions. North and east and west and south defiant All the munchkins of the yellow brook hood My flying monkeys, it's understood As brain, as my brain rusts down to the core I'll scream that we ain't in Kansas anymore Hater, Haters of life never understand Why ever could they for a true tin man Oh, we, oh, oh <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, that, I, I kind of thought if uh, Weird Al uh, did a parody He should have done a Wizard of Oz parody of that song <laughs> that's great 
That's great. That's so fucking silly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of, uh, that was the only thing that that song inspired out of me. So. That's great. I mean, that's more than it inspired out of them. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. That's so silly. Um, on to the all next. Right. On to the next one. Track three, It's Been a While by Stustustustained. Did this song elicit war memories for you? I hope not. No. No, no. Thank God. No, it did not. We can still be friends. My first note is, um, why did I relate so hard to this song? What the hell was wrong with me? <laughs> I mean, I really liked this song when it came out. Not enough to buy the album. I never owned a stained album, thank God. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so it was like at any given point when I was 18, this would have this would have plucked up my strings. And I don't know why. I don't know what part of this was. I was listening to the, the lyrics. I was like, I just don't get what on earth I could have seen in this track. But I guess I just had such like sort of blanket, like low key sadness that it was like, yeah, yeah, just just pluck that string. It'll play all day. That's it'll just fucking ring out. Like the POD song, it shows the importance of repetition if you want to get away with something, mm-hmm. because the way he starts the the what is it every like couplet or something with it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since I could. And I think there's a there's a there's a fuck or shit in at least every verse too. <laughs> that sounds right. I'm sure there is. But I just like because I kind of zoned out when I was listening to it. But I those were the only words that I kept hearing. Yeah. And it's like that's another earworm thing where they just hit you with that. And it's this is so this is the third song, and it, this is true for this song, the last two songs, and the next two songs. Yes. Where they all have the same structure of quiet verse quiet verse chord yeah uh, in chorus and then back into the back into verses quiet back down let's all get calm again this is for real these are like this is the same song five times did did you do you remember the video for this too no it's literally like it's it's him showing his his writing process so he's like in a room looking really sad sitting on a couch with a bunch of candles around him and then he like has a piece of paper and he like you see him getting inspired and then he starts like singing along to his own song in the video but it's about the writing process i guess um but yeah my my first reaction as soon as the the song kicked in was oh no (laughs) like (laughs) it was just it was a very visceral like oh no this wasn't meant for me this song i think i don't think so cuz it touched me hard all me and my friends when we were in high school this one hit us hard we sang along to it we felt sad to it oh my God. um i don't relate to that part of who i was anymore but yeah. uh it worked did you so, did it make did, did any of your friends get eyebrow piercings after uh one. listening to <laughs> okay well yeah one did not immediately after a few years later but i'd be surprised if it wasn't associated yeah yeah, yeah. No, this is um, stained was a shame. It's been a while. <laughs> he didn't even need to use other words. If he'd just done, it's been a while, and then fur fur furs the rest of the time, still would have been a hit. I swear to God. At least, at least, uh, I, I, you're back on track with uh, not having the warm garbage feeling with uh, this. Song. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, these are only getting worse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> whoever programmed this, I feel like doesn't even like music. Yeah, um, but this is uh, Puddle of Mud, Drift and Die, follow-up to Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tuned out the whole time. The only the, There was one lyric that I tuned back in because he said it a few times, I think, in the chorus, where it was, um, ignorance spread lies. And my first thought was, no, ignorance sells Puddle of Mud albums. <laughs> ignorance uh, gets you 
into Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yeah. It was uh, ter- terrible uh, and uh, completely forgettable. I have no memories attached to this. I don't know if I've ever heard the song before. I could probably listen to it again right now and feel like I'd never heard it before. Yeah. Uh, um, just yeah, just a waste, waste of a uh, uh, waste of airwaves. I love how the song tries to be deep by adding like a string part uh, toward the end, mm. um, which also happens later on in uh, in the compilation. This song uses, I'm pretty sure, the same chord progression as uh, "Brother Down," but mm. it's amazing what uh, lyrics and singing can do for a song. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Puddle of Mud, I can't think, I honestly don't think I can think of a band that I have ever had, like, less good things to say about. I really, really have disliked Puddle of Mud since the gu- since they first appeared, and I've never had a good thing to say about them. I have no time for Puddle of Mud whatsoever. They are terrible. Do you think he ever had a moment in his life where he was like, should have I added that extra D? Yeah, definitely. Imagine if it was just Puddle of Mud with one D. What a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the most interesting thing about this band is that yeah. they smelled mud with two d's why that and try, trying to guess if he is bald or if he just always wears hats it's the same <laughs> with fred durst what's going on under there yeah uh next please <laughs> next please and this is i mean this is another one i just i have nothing to say because this is the fifth song in a row that's the same song it's it, theory yeah. of a dead man nothing could come between us it's just gruff voice pandering lyrics and low-key verses with punched up choruses i have zero thoughts about this we've, we've just listened to it four times in a row how dare the programmer make us do that in, in this music video i can't remember the um plot of it but every shot of every uh w- woman that is in uh, the music video they just look miserable and it's because of <laughs> the men <laughs> Yeah. So at least they're being honest, yeah. I guess. But but the man singing about how hard done he is, and that yeah. is also very honest yeah. about these guys. Is like, why is she so fucking mad at me? <laughs> and he and and he has Chinese characters tattooed on his arm, so you know he's deep. Oh Jesus Christ! What a waste of everyone's time. Theory of a dead man turned out to be coming to save the day for a Yay. brief moment. This guy's still a bro. Sam Roberts, uh, brother down, still a bro, like all these other bros, but he's the one who took acid a few times and is into the good vibes. Yeah, he's a good time bro. I'm fine with that. He's a Jack Johnson. He's a good time bro. <laughs> Except <laughs> lyrically, if you listen to the song, it's a really depressing song. Um, uh, and it's, it's, but it's that kind of, uh, it, he's in the same lineage uh, of like, to me, he's like a tame and pala kind of. It's okay. like um, uh, about chill, groovy vibes. Um, but you can tell that the guy's depressed and I have a story about that. Um, I'd like to get to, but, uh, um, yeah, this, I, I can, I can honestly say this was the only song of this year that if I heard come on a radio, uh, I probably did nod my head and okay. caught myself being yeah. like, wait a minute. I don't like Sam Roberts. Yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> or do you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a feeling you probably own the album that this was on. Yeah, yeah, I owned it and I played it out. I love this album. I love. I still unapologetically love this song. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. It's. I know it's like it's really teenage lyrics, which is fine. I don't care. I'm not in it for the lyrics anymore. I'm yeah. vibing out to this song. Um, it's like uh, it made me want to be on White Rock Beach with my childhood friends. Yeah, 
like now at this age, yeah. um, with my buddy Jeff on the bongos and my buddy RJ playing guitar, and we're all just singing along to it. I just want to. What was your role on, like, in that band? What was your role in that band? Oh, buddy, I'm one of the other ten guys singing terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I would have. I thought you would have been like the Flava Flav, just like a clock around your neck and <laughs> <laughs> just repeating lyrics afterwards. Yeah, nothing to me. <laughs> Brother down. <laughs> the lyrics are pretty like uh, a teenage for sure, but there, there's one line that really stuck out uh, in it um, uh, <laughs> that, I, that I think is kind of amazing. It's like almost a perfect stoner line because it means nothing uh, to me. Uh, or uh, it's, it's the line, there's a man over there says he's tougher than me, but I got eyes that can see through fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> That was it. That's part of what's so refreshing about this is he's not just furious. Yeah. This this is a guy who just smoked a joint and is thinking out loud. Yeah. And it's like, cool, man. Just lay back in the grass and watch the clouds. That's fine. Uh, seriously, though, I can I can hear uh, Tame Impala covering the song easily. Okay, yeah. I actually put on Chemical City two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Just to be like, I, I wonder how this album stands up. And the whole album just did the same thing for me where I was like, this is a good time. This is just a straight up good time. I also think about um, a time my bandmate Alex saw Sam Roberts play and he said it was like one of the most um, uncomfortable show experiences he personally had because he could tell, and this must've been like 2010 or something, or maybe even a couple years earlier. Long after his peak. Yeah. And he, you could, Alex said that um, he could tell that he just wasn't into it anymore, but he was still going through all the motions. And he said uh, at one point, like during the show, he went up to the mic and was like, is everybody having a good time? Woo. And he could tell that he, there was nothing behind it. And it really uh, upset him just. um, And and I can kind of like listening to the song now. I'm like, I feel like Sam Roberts might kind of be a sad guy. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to feel good. But yeah, he doesn't sing happy songs. No, but they're like upbeat. It's sort of like, it reminds me of Adam Green. Where he okay. just plays that trick on you, where you go, ah, nice one. And he's just singing about the bleakest shit. If this compilation was a movie we were watching so far, I feel like we're dealing with a character who's got some anger issues. There's a lot of things happening in his life. Uh, things have been pretty shitty for him. But then, you know, summer came around. He went to a beach party that Sam Roberts uh, was at yeah. and had a good time. But now summer's over, falls uh, come, Coldplay is at your door, and now it's your time to cry. Yeah. Mm, stupid ass Coldplay. This song sucks. I hate the. I hated the song too. <laughs> this is another one where I like. I don't have anything to say other than what the fuck is it doing on this compilation? Who who made that decision? The only way that this song is badass is if um, the line uh, "I cross lines I shouldn't have crossed" is if he's talking about doing a speedball nasally. Yeah, <laughs> and he's not. He's not at all. This is this is such mopey overproduced nonsense (laughs) you know what i saw them live uh when they closed out glastonbury fun show then right great show really great show one winter in montreal i was super depressed and i I would get in the habit of like going to uh video stores and (laughs) buying shit from their clearance bins which as a record store owner whenever guys are going through your clearance bins they're depressed (laughs) (laughs) hands down down, i can i can say that that's it's not because they're cheap they're literally depressed um i don't deserve full priced records so like yeah winter of like 2012 or 13 or something i i bought a um coldplay live dvd and i watched the shit out of it like i I must have watched it four times i was like this show seems fun they put on a good show i i think i love the song and um 
when I got out of that um, period, I uh, hid the DVD and pretended that it never happened. <laughs> but didn't get rid of it because sad times come again. It's, so. <laughs> it's, it's in my hope chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um speaking of sad times coming again, uh should we get into this next song? <laughs> yeah, so Mac Good Weapon. Mac Good, um, if you're unaware, uh is now I last count was twenty-five women have uh had accusations against him. Um I debated whether or not we should talk about him in here, but I think it's I think it's an interesting thing to talk about someone who is recently disgraced. Yeah. Um and what that does to how we see the music and uh, uh, how it affects our memories of it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely heard it differently. Like, I was adding something sinister to all of his lyrics that I never had before, where before I just thought he was this sort of, like, angsty, wannabe, artsy, um, reads Chekhov in public to show off kind of guy. And if you ever asked him what the book was about, he would, he'd be able to tell you what other people said it was about, but he wouldn't have his own thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, but now it was just, everything was like... Ugh. And honestly, what I ended up picturing while I was listening to it was I didn't even picture Matt Good anymore. I pictured the lead singer from Stained doing an acoustic set. <laughs> yes. Similar structure to the first five songs, which I just as a, just from a programming perspective, I'm angry about quiet, loud, quiet. It's like I know that that's a that's a common thing, but there were a lot of other songs. There were a lot of other songs. And this compilation, like, I don't I, I don't understand the logic of it because like they really kind of got your hopes up a bit with that Sam Roberts song. It's like, Oh, I guess we're mm. good times are ahead. Nope. No, you remember they did that with some 41 a couple albums ago as well. Yeah. These pricks like other songs uh, that he's done. I think on this compilation, the song's way too long. This song is mm. almost five minutes uh, and that's the edited version. Like uh, listening to the Jesus. track listing, it's actually um, closer to six. Originally when I used to listen to Matt good, I pictured him as a, um, the uh the guy in the corner okay um sort of wishing he was with women and now listening to this song i got the uh, i got a very real sense of like uh uh you know i only do it because i love you mm. that guy where right. it's uh, uh you know it was a so much more sinister and it's i don't know if that's fair i don't know the guy i honestly haven't done that much research into the allegations but it's it's interesting that that shift in just how i perceive him as a person has completely recontextualized all the lyrics. Even if I did have like good memories for it, I would listen to it with a sort of grimace and be like, uh, this, this guy sounds like a bad guy. Whereas before he sounded like sort of an outsider guy. So it's, I just found that really interesting. So picture this, that you're, uh, finally at the, you know, lowering the coffin in the funeral moment of this compilation. Um, the sadness of the depths of sadness have been reached. And then, uh, the strings, as you can hear, they're uh, trying to be mournful. And then out of nowhere, are you listening? Whoa! <laughs> it made me laugh so much because it was such a 180 from everything. It, it was, it, 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 I, I, I laughed, I think, for a solid 15 seconds from just how That's unexpected so of, a, of a mood shift um, the compilation went to at this point. So that's so funny. Yeah. And I think it was welcomed. It was definitely welcomed. I, I was glad to actually have that laugh because. Yeah. Um, so you, that song is Jimmy Eat World Sweetness. Hell yeah, baby. This was, this was a garbage smell song. Cool. This was absolutely, I was so into this. As soon as he went, that, are you listening? That fucking, when he jumps in, you go, yes, I'm all about it. This is, this is 
party rock from my teenage years. I still have no idea what he's singing about. <laughs> no clue. I've never understood any of the words except for whoa, 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 whoa. Um, even the chorus. I'm not totally sure what the chorus is. Yeah. I have to say I kind of enjoyed just uh, <laughs> the vibe of it uh, compared to what we had to listen to before. So, I, I mean, it's not... It's just Jimmy Eat World, man. Yeah. We're to have a good time. <laughs> and uh, and they, they never really broke. Even that Even this album didn't really do what I expected it to do. But yeah, yeah, I don't really have much to say about it other than loved it. Cool. Um, which I can't say for this next song, uh, Standing All Alone by uh, Canadian band, Not By Choice. I guess I focused too much on just what he was saying and, and also watched this video, uh, which, by the way, is fucking horrible. Like it's... Oh, what kind of horrible? It's It's punk through the eyes of the 1% or something, um, especially in, in, in the video, uh, because it's like, they're playing on a boat. What kind of boat? Like a cargo boat. <laughs> okay. But on this cargo boat, there's a bikini judging competition happening. There's nothing ironic about it. It's just in that video for no reason. The band have nothing to do with those scenes. And it's just a bunch of, uh, like men in their fifties being lecherous. Uh, and, and I almost feel like there's some weird conspiracy behind the making of this video. Like it was just like this band was just an excuse to funnel mob money or something like it's, yeah, it's like a human trafficking ruse. Yeah. It, there's something really sinister going on, um, with, uh, this band and this video. And, and I think, uh, uh, we're not journalists, so we'll leave that up to you guys to figure out what not by, by choice we're involved in. <laughs> mm. I'd never heard the song before in my life. Had you heard it before? Nope. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're from Ajax, Ontario, which somehow seems fitting uh, based on how it, it feels being in Ajax. <laughs> so, I got, I've, never, I've never had the pleasure. I do not, but, uh, I do not recommend it. <laughs> cool, because I, I don't recommend the song. So that, yeah, that, that, that checks. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I basically just don't have anything. It feels like it was the tail end of pop punk. And so it makes sense that like rich dudes pretending to be poor dudes were involved at this point. It's not very good, though, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cynical pop punk which is such an insane thing to say (laughs) next next we got some 41 in too deep keeping the canadian pop punk streak going (laughs) yeah i mean i'm always happy to see some 41 this one sounds like kind of a downer all their ones before were really good time and this one is uh this is a sad song that's sort of it seems like a fun anthem that sam roberts thing What's what's the singer from Sum Forty One's name again? Uh, Derek Wibbly, I think. Yeah, Derek, uh, yeah. Derek so because Derek went like way off the rails, like he had a real drinking problem, and um, it didn't. It, it hasn't gone well for him for a long time. The the cover of the single too. It's um it's uh Sum Forty One being scratched by a razor into somebody's arm. Yeah, they're, they're they're clearly not well. Like this is the beginning of the end yeah. for that guy. He's hit a wall, and you can hear it in the song. Uh, where it's gone from like impish fun, we laugh when old people fall. Yeah. To what is going on with my? I'm in too deep. I can't. If someone help me, please. This song is like a cry for help. <laughs> it's in a pop punk ballad form, which is um, which is funny. Like because he must have steered it into that direction. Because um, I again, like we're not trying to be journalists with these songs, but I. I had to mention at least this fact, um, which I think is really amusing. I shit you not, the original version of In Too Deep was originally a reggae song that was supposed to feature snow in the verses. 
Oh, shit. Why are we denied that? That's a great idea. Like, Reggae Sum 41 featuring Snow? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's the best song of the year. How how it went from that idea to the, the cover of the single being um, self-mutilation, I do not know. But I feel like that was a decision um, made by... Uh, the singer if you're saying he had problems at the time <laughs> so. even there's a moment where uh brown sound comes in and just rocks out on guitar for like 30 seconds yeah that's the only part there's a, that's the only part of the song where you go like hey someone's having a good time look at someone showing off right now and then it comes back in and you go oh i mean i'm jumping but i'm not happy about it yeah uh so feels like i'm jumping on him as opposed to with him something's gone terribly awry yeah uh so yeah, I didn't. Um, I mean, I you know, I kind of enjoyed it, I guess, because like I said, I've got I've got a lot of a lot of space in my heart for the old Sum Forty One boys, despite literally never having owned one of their albums, yeah, or having wanted to. I just love that they're out there. Well, it's it's funny because I, I I think that even the compilation realized that um, Sum Forty One didn't quite reach the same uh, uh, party depths as they were hoping, and and that's probably why this next song was included. <laughs> Newfound Glory? Newfound Glory, my friends over you. Yep. Ah, uh, Pace, it's bros before hoes. That's what the song is. It's just a very long version of a guy saying bros before hoes. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the song sounds like it's trying too hard to have a good time. <laughs> that sounds right. I honestly don't remember anything about it now. And I listened to it again two hours ago. Yeah. Or six, I guess five hours ago. And it, nothing. I have no memory of the song. Did, did you know, Chris, that Newfound Glory and bands like them were highly influential in the development of the subgenre known as Easy Core? Easy Core. Yeah. Oh, God. Is it EZ as well? It, it's not the word easy. It combines the textures and fast tempos of punk rock, but also uh, the progressions of power pop and pop music with uh, angsty, adolescent, anti suburbia themes. <laughs> What are you talking? What the f- who fucking wrote that? That's what? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Well, who earns? Who earns to whoever wrote that? That is nonsense. That publicist. Yeah. Uh, but that said, um, next up we got Weezer with Dope Nose. Quick thing to mention about this song is apparently it was written uh, in the same uh, session as Hashpipe, um, and there's a story that. Uh, according to legend, Ridgers of uh, Ridgers. Wow. Great. Let's keep that in. Uh, Rivers. <laughs> My name's Ridgers Cuomo. I'm Andrew Cuomo's brother. <laughs> Anyways, according to legend, R- Rivers downed four shots of tequila, took Ritalin and wrote hash pipe and dope nose in one sitting. And wow. I think that could be true based on how ridiculously, um, meaningless these lyrics are but i kind of i kind of like this song in a weird way i don't know why but um before you share your thoughts on it um i just need to ask what you make of um i think it's in the second verse here um i don't know if you know what i'm about to say there's cheese smells so good on a burnt piece of lamb fag of the year who could beat up your man uh, he's clearly going through some stuff. I'm not surprised that it was written back to back with Hashpipe because it filled the same void for me where I was like, this is foot tapping goodness. I got no fucking idea what he's singing about. Yep. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm glad he, I'm glad he did it. Yeah. Also, I'd never heard the song before. This one totally oh, really? missed me. Yeah. I, I, I'd never, I'd never even heard of the album. I looked it up. Maladroit. I'd never heard of it. This band kind of got weird, right? Cause they 
two albums that are like really earnest and songs that I think go really deep for some people. And then mm. a whole catalog that's just seems to be rivers taking the piss out of anyone who ever, uh, took them seriously to begin with. I can't. Yeah. Maybe he feels like he's like, uh, listen, I made Pinkerton. I made the blue album. I got nothing to prove. Yeah. So here comes Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. You 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 liked you like dope nose and mused on the lyrics. Here's another song called Pork and Beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now he's just having a good time making his money. He's like I, I made I made my art. That or even uh like Chad Kroger, he found a formula that was super successful and was just like, "All right, well, I guess this is what I do now." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely possible. Absolutely possible. He he does have a formula like Chad Kroger. Um, and if you were sad that, uh, it seemed like the compilation was done with Chad, guess what? He's back again. The only person to appear, uh, twice on the same Big Shiny Tunes. Yep. And Chad motherfucking Kroger. That song is Hero. Hero! Featuring... It's here to save us. Featuring Josie Scott. Which, who the hell is Josie Scott? I don't know. He looks like Jack Black's brother or something. Yeah. I looked it up. He was the lead singer for Saliva, but I don't know who Saliva is. No. Um, I get, he helped He helped write it. So I'm guessing he must have been like, you're putting me in this goddamn video. Do you remember that song from the 90s? I think it was like a Three Musketeers uh, for that movie, Three Musketeers. Um, like, tell me, have you ever really loved a woman that had like Brian? Oh, yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah, Brian I, Adams. I feel like this song is that for people who are, were really into America at the time. <laughs> That's funny. All I hope on some level, uh, and I didn't say this in our interview because I'm a coward, but I just, I, I hope Jeremy feels a little bit uh, of shame uh, just agreeing to appear in that video. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember the only thing that I was mad about with the movie was that they changed the ending. Yeah, I think you mentioned this before to make it more kind of a 9 11 uh, solidarity move or something. Yeah, so he's about to lose. The Green Goblin comes at him uh, on a subway car and then. New Yorkers, including weirdly, I think Joey Coco Diaz, who's a comedian. Yeah. Um, they fend off the Green Goblin and they say, Spidey's New York. You mess with Spidey. You mess with all of us. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, even even at 18 and like so out of my mind, excited. I was like, that's bullshit. I'm really mad at this. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's around when Hero came on. Yeah. So it definitely like capitalized on a moment. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think it really contributed to it in any in any tangible way. I, I can see my, I, I can see a version of myself really getting into the song and it's a version that got addicted to cocaine because that line, I am so high. What, what is it? I am so high. I can hear heaven or something. I don't, I don't know if that's from, if, if it's from one of the verses, it, I, I don't I, remember I, the verses I'm pretty sure. All. I'm pretty sure it's the first line of the song. I think it's, I am so high. I can hear heaven. I'm like, wow, dude, you must feel great. Yeah. <laughs> he was, um, uh, uh, I don't want to say Chad Kroger did a lot of coke, but he didn't not do a lot of coke. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of stories of him from like the Camby and stuff like that, where you go, just doesn't sound like a stand up guy to me. Sounds yeah. like kind of an asshole. He used to drive around my hometown in a yellow Lamborghini. What a prick, Ferrari. He, sorry. There, there's yeah. He's making the he's making music to take drugs to in order to make more money to take drugs. Yeah, it's a perfect circle. Yeah. Without <laughs> and that's actually what that being... band was named after. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, oh, we're at this song now. Yay! I had never heard this song before. That song being? It, uh, Lover Call by Danko Jones. Thank you very much. Um, never heard the song before. Uh, 
no idea how it made it onto the record because I remember Danko Jones having hits. Yeah. And this was not one of the ones that I remember, unless it happened in the late stage of 2002 when I was away. I think but it did. Yeah. The only, you know what song it really reminded me of was, uh, uh, well, this is my United States of whatever. <laughs> See, but that, that song is all kind I, of that fun. That's all I kept hearing. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that's a fun version of Lover Call by Danko Jones because it's him <laughs> just saying creepy things over it. Whereas that guy's just like, and then Stacey came over and she was like, and I was like, whatever. Uh, and that silly shit is exactly what I heard. And it was like, and you're doing it worse than this guy on the internet, this this weird video blog guy. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know about you, but whenever whenever I picture Danko Jones in my head, uh, I picture leather pants and a fedora. And I don't know if I've ever seen him in leather pants and a fedora, but that's like he's always he's always wearing the essence of leather pants and a fedora. <laughs> um, but other than that, this this left me cold, man. I tuned out, totally tuned out. Just, I honestly, I paused in the middle of the song and listened to all of my United States of whatever, and then, and then came back. And there were there were two or three songs on this album where I was like, I should just skip the rest of the song because I don't care. But I was like, no, I'm a professional. I'm here to do a job. I will listen to the rest of this song. And it was torturous. Yep. Yeah. Hated it. Hated it. Um, so Jordan, do you have any thoughts on Danko Jones? What an interesting question to ask me, Chris. Um, well, you know, I'm an interesting guy. So, uh, I'm going to try to keep it short just because this information is already out there. I'm pretty acutely aware of, uh, the fact that I might be reigniting a beef as they call them with, uh, Mr. Jones. Um, the short story is, yeah, I grew up, um, with much music. And, uh, I actually remember this song eliciting very strong negative reactions for me when it first came out. I think it's just the confidence of it that, um, bothered me as, uh, as a teenager. Um, so I, I kind of just like, you know, saw the video a few times, uh, got it in my head. I didn't like Danko Jones and went on with my life. Mm. Um, flash forward, uh, I guess like six years later, seven years later, um, I'm playing in a band, we're touring in America, uh, doing laundry before the show, pick up the kind of local alt paper, and, and I find out that we're playing in the same venue as Danko Jones. Mm. Um, we were playing like a small, shitty club. Uh, sorry, I said club. We were playing a small, shitty bar, a tavern mm. in Cleveland, which was attached to a ballroom that he was playing that same night to. And wouldn't you know it, the dressing room's um, weren't actually existent. They were, uh, a basement where they kept their ice machine and all the supplies. Right. Uh, yeah, show business is so glamorous. Yeah. And it was shared between, uh, Danko Jones. Uh, and when I say Danko Jones, I mean the band, cause his band is called Danko Jones. Um, yeah, cause he's super humble. It, it's, it's hard not to, um, actually see his, uh, point of view from this situation now that I'm a little bit older. Um, cause mm. I, I think why this actually happened was just it was people who were tired on tour and uh were playing a shitty place probably I, I don't know if he had that ballroom packed um he probably wasn't too stoked about that night's show but it was just like uh uh when when two f forces collide <laughs> yeah um so yeah his version you can if you google search danko jones sunset rubdown um you can uh find out how he tells the story um my version is this uh, 
after we finished our show, um, which it was How like- How did the show go? Uh, the the <clears throat> six people who were there seemed to really like it. Good, uh, <laughs> good. yeah. <clears throat> Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> um, so I, I guess they had, maybe because they used the same sound engineer, but we were playing like- um, in the late afternoon essentially <laughs> and then Christ. uh and then we were like loading out and i guess the next show was that night which was danko jones in the ballroom so um i'm going downstairs to the uh storage room slash uh uh artist space artists uh backstage to use this like shitty computer they have because this was uh, before a time uh, most of us had laptops and mm. i want to check in with my girlfriend and they had like a really shitty landline connection and the computer wasn't even working. Um, so I was getting frustrated, but it just to paint a picture as I go downstairs, I just see, um, Danko Jones's band, uh, sitting, uh, across the room at a table on their own laptops. Um, mm. and I'm, I, I, I don't think I said hello. I think I just kind of went down and not, I just, I'm like, I don't really want to, introduce myself and they also just seemed like they're having a bad day <laughs> kind mm. of deal. So I, I'm on this computer and, um, I can't even access my email and somebody, I think the drummer or the bassist, um, all of a sudden I hear somebody go, Hey, and I turn around and look and I'm like, yeah, uh, what are you doing? Um, I was just playing uh, show upstairs. They said I could use the computer. All right, we'll make it quick. And, <laughs> cool i decided to um in the uh url um what, what's that called when you write in a website um the address bar yeah in, in the address yeah. bar i i decided like i'm just gonna write my version of fuck you danko which was danko jones rocks the corporate machine yeah um <laughs> that is a very jordan way of saying fuck you <laughs> yeah and then i went upstairs and went into the parking lot because we were all uh we were done with loadout and um we're waiting for the other band we were touring with to load out and then we're uh gonna leave and then um uh the bassist came up and uh comes up to me like and we're we're like in a group of like eight people, so he's not even just coming up to me. He's like coming up to a whole group of people, and he's like, "Hey, you're the guy who uh, left that message for Danko, aren't you?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah." He's like, "Well, I'd fucking watch out if uh, I were you." He's fucking pissed, and I'm like, "Okay." And why are you here? <laughs> and 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 everybody uh, in my band and around me were like, "What did you do?" <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm starting to explain the story and the interaction I have, and then Danko comes out. And he is pissed. Like he has like his shoulders up. He's just like I can. You, you can see him pacing, like deciding how he's going to do this. And so yeah. he comes up to me. He's like, "So you're the little shit that left me that fucking message, huh?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I guess." He's like, "Why? Why'd you fucking do that? Tell me, motherfucker, yeah. what corporation do I rock?" And like, I, I, I just, I was really like not even playing into his anger. Like, I think he wanted mm. to fight, and I was just kind of like, "Yeah, I wrote that." Uh, why'd you do that? Uh, because like, I just wanted to use a computer and you guys yelled at me. <laughs> and then he's like, tell me motherfucker, what corporation do I rock? <laughs> and this, I think this short circuited his brain. I, I don't know, but it really set him off. And I said, I, I don't know the corporation of modern airwaves. <laughs> like I, I don't. And, and, and he stormed off. Um, the rest of the band, uh, that I was with, uh, you know, they, they were kind of embarrassed. They're like, dude, like, 
why did you piss this guy off? Like, oh, man, we have to deal with this. And and it didn't help, too, that um, the band we're touring with, Frog Eyes, like, uh, he was kind of egging on Danko a little bit. And I think at one point he said, like, Danko, calm down. you got to save your energy for tonight's show. <laughs> like, just... Uh, and so, like, he storms off and we're leaving. Uh, like, we're literally pulling our van out of um, this shitty situation. And he like Terminator two style starts running after the van as it's leaving. And he yells at the top of his lungs, have fun playing indie rock for the rest of your fucking lives. Jesus Christ. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just like, you know, in in retrospect, I was like, I was 21. I, Mm. if I probably faced that kind of situation again, I probably just wouldn't even have bothered. Uh, but I was kind of being a little shit. I, but I, I didn't think it would, uh, set him off to that degree that he would keep talking about it years later in a, in a book. Um, yeah. It's and, crazy that that made the book. Yeah. And I mean, like I thought a way that we could um, approach this topic since I knew we were going to have to talk about it was try and reach out to Danko Jones and just see if, um, you know, we can try and clear the air a bit. Um, so I actually yeah, reached I like that. Yeah, so I, I reached out to him uh, online, and uh, I was told to call this number um, if we wanted cool. to speak about this. So, I mean, I guess we're calling Danko. I don't know. Awesome, cool. Let's uh, let's let's get him on the line. Sure. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll just call now. Yellow there. H- hello. Uh, I'm trying to reach Danko Jones. You got Jones. Uh, who are you? Jago Jones, music impresario, presario. I work with the Toronto Musician Association. Yeah, sorry, we're we're trying to reach Danko Jones. We were uh, we we got in touch with uh, him online, and, and we were told to um, contact this number. Oh, Danko. Yeah, you're looking for Danko. Yeah, he, he's my client. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You want to book something? You got a festival coming up? Sorry, and you said your name was what? Janko Jones. Huh. Oh. <laughs> I don't That's understand. Weird. How is this a mistake for you? Listen, boys, what do you need? What's up? You got a festival? No. Uh, I mean, we were basically, um, I played in a band called Sunset Rubdown. And You're that kid. Uh, sure. Yeah. So ba- so basically what happened was uh, Jordan and Danko had a, a, a run-in uh, a few years ago, and uh, Danko wrote about it in his book, and we wanted to see if we could sort of clear the air uh, with Danko by sort of comparing... Uh, the stories of what happened and see if we can we can bury the hatchet maybe um so if you i mean if, if you can put us in touch with danko that would be really helpful i'm not going to be able to put you through danko people want something they don't get what they want all the time i'll deal with it i got all the info you need okay lots of people want to get through to danko you go through janko you talk to danko um i'll just if it's all right with you i'll read out the excerpt from uh, from danko's book just to tell the story and then jordan will tell sort of what his side of it was and then if you can Sort of fill in any blanks, tell us how Danko's feeling about it. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll let you know how Danko's feeling about it, sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Janko. Can I call you Janko, or do you prefer Mr. Dones? I, I prefer Mr. Dones. Okay. Uh, apologies, Mr. Dones. Th- thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Sure. Um, yeah. So from uh, uh, Danko's uh, autobiography, Too Much Trouble, A Very Oral History, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. he wrote... Uh, in 2005, we played a show somewhere in the northeast of America, and the club was structured so that the big room, which is where we were playing, was on the top level, and below that, there was a similar room, but both shows shared a dressing room. In the dressing room, there was a communal computer, and we needed to use it. 
And there was a guy sitting at the computer who was obviously part of the other show. I asked, are you finished? He goes, hold on a second. And then he leaves. And JC sat down at the computer. And on that screen, the guy had written, Danko Jones is corporate rock or something like that. It was a guy from uh, the Montreal indie rock band Sunset Rubdown. Uh, and, and we almost beat him up. A girl who was with him defended him. So we just scared the shit out of him. We were like, who the fuck are you? Where are you from? And he says, Montreal. And we're like, sarcastically, oh, Montreal. Because we knew uh, we knew that was the new indie rock mecca. So that's that's what Danko said. Uh, does that does that uh, go with what uh, Danko's told you about this? Yeah. Yeah, it totally does. Je me souviens. I know this totally, but we talked this over. The only saddest part of that whole story you just told was the almost beat him up part. Would, would you have preferred if, if Danko had beaten him up? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying I could see where if he had it coming, he'd be getting it, if, which is also the title of a song coming up in the new Danko album. I'm just giving you a sneak preview. That, that sounds like a hit. It's going to be a hit, just like Lightning Bolt Tattoo was. P- part of the reason I wanted to reach out was because, you know, this happened... Um, Pretty much on like my first tour ever, I was 20 years old. Uh, I was young and kind of bratty. I mean, I uh, don't really recall the story going quite the way as it was mentioned in Danko's book, but I mean, I'm willing to take some responsibility. I just... Uh, Listen, kid, let me just stop you for two seconds here. If you can remember being 20, you weren't 20, okay? Anybody who's anybody who knows in the rock business, inside Ronto and outside Ronto, if you're living in your 20s and it ain't a gray haze, then you're not truly living. So let's get down to business. You're on a tour and you're deciding to do some uh, hacking and some computer work? <laughs> you got what's coming to you. Um, he did leave a message. What did you actually write on the computer? Uh, I wrote Danko Jones rocks the corporate machine is coca-cola corporate yes yes is molson canadian corporate yeah these are corporations yes they're big corporations what about bell also yeah and people love them and all of them and so it's the same thing so what's wrong with being corporate what I guess I'm getting at is if people go and they go, oh, I'm, I'm hungry for some, uh, I'm hungry for some macaroni and cheese. Right. They're going to get craft dinner. We're just, we're worried that Danko had his feelings hurt. You're talking shit about the Kool-Aid man of rock and roll. I just, uh, sorry, Mr. Dones, you just, you feel like you're, you're getting really upset here. We're just trying to, to make sure everything's okay. If you want to talk about repairing bridges yeah. between Montreal and Toronto, if you want to be the, the architect of that bridge, then I suggest that you start selling Danko Jones CDs at your gigs. Oh, oh, okay. Could we get them at cost from Danko, or would we have to buy them from Danko and then... Uh, you can get them from me. Okay. And I'll, I'll provide them to you. Hmm. Is, there, is there a charity, maybe, that we could give a little bit of money to in his name? Send me the amount, and I can ask him and find out where he wants it deposited. We'd, we'd really feel more comfortable either giving it to a charity or speaking directly to Danko. I guess I still don't understand why we can't just speak to Danko Jones. Yeah. I don't remember signing a contract where I one of my jobs was that when people ask where Danko was, I got to tell them. Aren't you his manager? Yeah. Look up manager. See what it is. It's running a business. It's running employees. But also a way of a means of getting a hold of the person that they manage, typically... You got an inquisitive tone that is freaking me out. I feel like you're coming in really hot here, Mr. Dones, and I don't mean to offend, but you're, you're really, you know, I feel like you're overreacting. Is there no way that we can convince you to put us in touch with Danko? There's absolutely nothing I can do to put you in touch with Danko, and I'll tell you why. 
He's an artist. He's woodshedding. He can't be disturbed at this moment. I think you might have heard the story about Prince. Prince never listened to any other music but his own while he was recording. Danko Jones takes that further and has never listened to any other music except for his. Ever? Ever. My goodness. That sounds unhinged. And this is what I'm trying to explain to you two juniors. Rock and roll's unhinged. Coca-Cola is off the hook. Live it. Love it. Walk it. Okay. Uh... Okay. Well, I guess I, I guess thank you for your time. Um, I mean, we are going to try to get a hold of Danko in another way. Good luck. Let me tell you the straight way, best way to message him. One killer riff. All right. Well, uh, uh, please, if you get a chance, please just pass on the Jordan's very sorry. We'd like to, uh, we'd like to make things okay between us. Um, I have no faith that you're going to do that, but um, thank you so much for your time, I guess. I just wrote it down. Tell Danko Borden is sorry from 90s. 2000, 2005. Time for my first Molson Canadian of the day. It is 11 in the morning. Um, and hang up. <laughs> that didn't, that didn't go how I thought it was going to. That was definitely Danko Jones, right? There's no way that would Janko Jones as a person. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that, or he changed his name to I guess being more in line with Danko, but I mean, it kind of, that, that had the Danko Jones attitude a little bit. Yeah, that's true. He did know a lot of Danko Jones songs. Yeah. I mean, I just feel, um, uh, bad that i kind of hurt the guy so much i think is what it's such a shame i didn't i didn't danko jones comes across as such a sort of alpha male guy in his in his shows i'm amazed that um that his feelings were that hurt for such a long time it really um i mean to, it makes me like him more that he can be damaged in such a yeah, way yeah i mean i hope uh hope he'll accept my olive branch uh, as an apology and um at least won't feel the need to revisit the story 10 years from now yeah, me too. Danko, if, if you're listening, um, somehow, this isn't music, so you're allowed to listen according to Janko Dones. Um, just know that uh, uh, Jordan is Jordan is sorry. Uh, Jordan, do you want to give an apology directly to Danko over the airwaves uh, I'd right like now? to give an apology to Danko and to Janko, because um, I feel like maybe Janko feels like he wasted his time for us. So if you feel like I wasted your time or hurt your feelings or um, did something that inconvenienced you, I'm truly sorry and uh i hope uh we can let sleeping dogs lie from now on heartfelt uh danko the ball's in your court so uh, uh please please let us know if you want to come on the podcast we'd love to talk to you uh we have no time for janko Dones, though please do not get him involved next song get free by the vines i dug it i dug it it's it's really the only song on here i sort of like <laughs> yeah i dug it yeah it's great straight off the gates out the gates I want to get free. I want to. I like, I remember I owned this album. I love this album. Um, I get it's, I think it's, it's a crime that they allowed so much space, dedicated so much space to on this album, to the sound of, um, uh, Chad Kroger and, uh, the, the, the death knell of pop punk. Yeah. As opposed to this sound, which was up and coming and alive, which is these guys, the hives, the libertines we talked about it at the start of the show. Um, and uh, it was, yeah, I think that was a major mistake because this song fucking goes in a way that none of the other ones do. Well, and you know what else it does that none of the other ones do? It fucking 
uh, is economical. It's two minutes and 10 seconds. Like that's how you write a song. Perfect. Like Matthew Good's song clocks in at over six minutes. Like, yeah. It's also cool too. Like I think it's like one of those things where I don't have a good screaming voice. Like it just, mm. it sounds actually like I remember one of the worst uh, backhanded compliments I ever received in my life was, um, uh, and, and I used to sing a lot differently when I was younger, but um, some guy who was at our show who actually knew me <laughs> Like he like uh, I I thought we were friends, um, but he he told me he's like I listened to your EP. You know who your voice kind of reminds me of Bruce Willis, and and somehow that <laughs> that really upset me because I I don't want to sound like Bruce Willis, man. Um, no, no, you don't. I want to sound like the fucking Vine singer. Like what a great screaming yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. I'm very disappointed that more space wasn't given to bands like this because um, fun, upbeat rock um all right here let's go to the opposite of that oh, fuck me this this is uh, this is definitely one of the worst songs on here i gotta say like, oh yeah 100 percent, absolutely 100 percent. i wrote down i just wrote down this thing there's uh um these are these are my thoughts immediately straight out of my brain we're talking about as i was listening papa roach oh. she loves me not i wrote this before the first verse had ended mm-hmm. I wrote, their success is a crime I wish we'd I wish we'd taken all the money people spent on their music, merch, concert tickets, and instead used it to pay them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like this song cut your life into pieces, man. <laughs> this was my last resort. Um, as people talk about earning money, but sometimes you pay money to someone who doesn't deserve it because you deserve to have them to stop. I cringed so hard I almost imploded. <laughs> I wrote this song for my wife when I met her back when I was a sailor and she looked at all my different techniques with the rope and and that's how I that's how I this is a horrible pirate imitation by the way. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't going to say anything, <laughs> but my goodness. I got I got to find it. I, I surely could access a pirate. R. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Nailed it. R. <laughs> I wrote this song. I wrote this song on the seven seas when I was a wee young man, and I, as a young sailor, there were a lot of women down at the boardwalk, and one of them became my future wife after she saw me in my rope technique. And this is a song I wrote about her called "She Loves Me Not." No, get it? Because it's a knot, like a knot of a rope. Oh, she loves me not. She loves me not. Uh, I I kept waiting for you to replace roach with ropes. That's my fault. This this whole section will either be cut or just interlaced with the Homer Simpson boo. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! Um, All right, let's end. Let's end this. Okay, I'm just. I need to preface this by saying I feel like I know how you feel about the last song on this, which is um, "Filter." Where do we go from here? Um, which is, I feel like you straight up hate this song. I just hate it. It's just one of those, if I met him at a party, like immediately I'd be like, fuck that guy. Like I wouldn't, I just don't like this guy. I even, I checked out his brand new stuff cause he released a, a song called thoughts and prayers last year. Yeah. And the, the picture is him holding an AK 47 or like some big gun wearing camo and an American flag. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that, that checks out. You like it. You think he, it's not, um, do you think it's ironic though? Or you think he's actually, I think, like- I think. I think it might be ironic because I I listened to the the I listened to the song mm-hmm. which I hated by the way and um, and I checked out the lyrics which I thought were very stupid uh, but they were about school shootings and about how it was the land of hate yeah. and it was like but even then it was heavy handed and stupid like I just don't like him even even if I agree with him on something I'm just like I just have no time for this guy 
totally would have hated the song uh, if I'd heard it when it come out, came out. Um, it's got all the ingredients of things you should rightfully hate, uh, how uh, he sings it, the overproduction of it. But I, I find there to be something really beautifully sad about the song just on a melodic level. I, I think I think the chorus is like um, hands down like it, it it it's so sad sounding to me and sad in a way that like stained isn't like sad just like if you heard a piano arrangement of that chorus you'd be like oh it's probably a good thing that this uh, that I didn't know of this song uh, when it came out <laughs> to be honest <laughs> you, you got uh, you got some final thoughts I mean, it was very funny to me to enjoy the songs that I enjoyed for the reasons that I did, because while in my heart I knew it was bad, Mm -hmm. I just couldn't stop tapping my foot and having a good-ass time. I'm glad it reacquainted me with Sam Roberts. I love me some Sam Roberts. He's never going to be my favorite band, but when he comes on, I'm happy to see him. I think that it's a travesty what they did to what could have been a great compilation. There's no reason why this had to be that bad. This was poor management. This thing wasn't grown. It... It was not. It's not genetically poor. Someone made all these choices, and I'm mad at that person. If if we could find out who put together um, this compilation, I don't think I even would want to know. Like, I don't know if I want to spend my time talking to this person. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be a much different um, uh, thing. Like with the the first four, I'm really curious about the choices that they made. Yeah, and uh, and the thought that went into them, and the and the process because I disagree with some of it, and it's an interesting collection. Whereas this guy, I just want to make sure he doesn't work again. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to stop him from infecting other areas of the music industry. <laughs> I do like the idea, though, of um, somebody coasting through the bad vibes uh, for the first, like, like somebody who actually was buying this compilation was a diehard Big Shiny Tunes supporter. Is like, okay, gotta. I'm a completist, and I'm gonna listen to this front to back, and kind of like vibing with the downer songs um, that are in the first date, and they're like, all right, so far so good, and then all of a sudden, are you listening? What? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I love that that might have turned somebody off. Um, but I wonder if that's because they really do. They tried to ride two horses at once on this album. Yeah. And uh, and it's you can't you can't do that. I wonder if that was part of why people just went, nah, I'm out. Or I mean, it was probably complicated. You know, everyone was stealing music right now. So, <laughs> you know, what'd be, you know, what'd make this horse race uh, better. Put the jockey straddled over two horses. Yeah. Yeah, that'll make him super fast. And how, how did it go? Did we go um, triple platinum like the last time, or did, did we did we sell? Uh, no, Jockey's dead. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Stop <laughs> kicking him. He's already dead. <laughs> Some surprises throughout that episode, huh? Some big surprises. We did not get what we want out of out of Janko Jones. Call me crazy, but I kind of feel that that's not actually Danko Jones's manager. I feel like that person might not have anything to do with Danko Jones at all. Yeah, I mean, um, he was not forthcoming with any information, and uh, something about his voice sounded a little bit too familiar, like maybe somebody was pranking us. Yeah, or like he was a friend of ours who wanted to remain unnamed. I don't know if I'd go there, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Could be anything. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was that was Chad plus <laughs> Big Shiny Tune 7. Uh, we hope I, that you enjoyed listening to that as much as we hated listening to the album. Uh, we will be back next week with Big Shiny Tunes 8. Yeah, Jesus. Which uh, we actually we actually just recorded before we recorded this outro. And uh, it takes an interesting turn as an episode. 
it's a it's a very fun one. I mean, the only thing I want to tell tell people if you want to prepare yourself for the next episode outside of listening to it, if you uh, have any means of finding something called Selvia, then you better pick it up now and smoke that shit. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to understand what that word was, but I look forward to them figuring it out. It was Salvia. Salvia. It was Salvia. Yeah, he was saying Salvia. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, please uh, make sure to rate and review the podcast. It is frustrating how much it helps, but basically Yelp and Uber have broken the internet. Yeah. And now, unless you have five stars and people singing your praises, uh, algorithms don't pick it up. So if you if you are a fan of the podcast, uh, we would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to support the podcast on the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash podcast to get uncut interviews as well as some extra cool bonus stuff. If you're, uh, if you're Danko and you want to leave a bad review for us, I understand, but I would hope at least we could talk first. Yeah, we're trying to bury the hatchet here. Um, not not start a not start a strange online war. Um, so also uh, open invitation to Danko Jones uh, to come on the podcast. We would love to talk to you. Uh, but if not, we wish you a long, healthy life. Take care, sir, and take care, Chris. Uh, yeah, take care, Jordan. Uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks as always for listening. Take care. Take care, everyone. We love you. Man, for the rest of my life, I wish I wouldn't know because I'd have bought off of my wife. I didn't think about rustin', how much it scared, or think about a heart and all the love that could be shared. Without oil, I just did what I always do. Every day, the same routine before I rust like a fool. But who knew that the soil wasn't like the rest? Instead of greasing my nips, I took oil to the chest. Call me Hollis, I didn't see it coming. All of ours rejoiced, but I couldn't feel nothing except Or can promised a man and a destiny owed by the yellow brick road. Maybe Dorothy was reaching out for love Or maybe for a moment she forgot this was ours Or maybe this Dorothy just wanted to be hugged Whatever it was, I know it's because Ooh.